0: Now there are many instructions in Scripture for godly living, setting out those particular life characteristics that we think Christians. And we read in chapter three of Colossians about putting off the old man and putting on the new, and what that entails. But this evening I want us to specifically think about forgiveness and forgiving. Forgiveness—that is our forgiveness before God, the forgiveness we've received from him, and forgiving, the forgiving nature that should be ours as Christians. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, that's uh, niv rendering. What does that mean? What does it look like? And true as it is, it's too simplistic just to say, well, God has forgiven me my sins, so I must forgive others. Because it isn't just a principle, it involves Careful mental and, and physical practicalities. You know, why is it that sometimes we find forgiving others so, so very hard? You see, forgiveness on our part, it, it can't be, it's not some act of superhuman stoicism. Because if it were, then, then one day we might forgive, and, but the next be very angry and, and full of hate all over again. Saying, I forgive you, I forgive you to someone. As in a kind of mantra it, it's not something that we can recite that changes everything and if you know the film uh, Schindler's List you may recall that scene where the camp commandant has been um, uh, urged by Oscar Schindler to, to try and forgive others and he's put to the test when the young Jewish boy comes to clean his bath and he doesn't do a good job of it because he hasn't
1: the materials to do a good job of it
0: and the commandant recites to this boy and he writes to himself really uh, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And he lets the, the young boy leave, only to shoot him as he runs across the yard. As hate wells up in his heart again. So why is it that sometimes we hard? It's hard to forgive others. Well, I believe it's because we don't really focus, stop to focus on all that God has done uh, in forgiving us. Well, why should we forgive others? Others. I don't need to tell you that we don't earn God's forgiveness. You, you know that. We don't forgive so that we'll be forgiven. We forgive because we have been forgiven. But not forgiving others does have implications. The Lord Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples the Lord's Prayer, and talks about forgiving our debts as we've forgiven our debtors, He concludes that uh, prayer by saying to his disciples, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, having an unforgiving heart is serious in your eyes. It should be a characteristic of all believers to not have it. It's serious in God's eyes. It's a great inhibition to our prayers. It says, as the psalmist wrote, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. If we're not forgiving, the Lord will not hear us. So what should motivate us to forgive others? Well, whilst we have Christ's great example on the cross when he prayed for his Father to forgive those who crucified him, Our motivation surely doesn't come from Jesus' example so much as from our own personal experience insofar as our relationship with God is concerned. So tonight we're thinking about forgiven and forgiving. And the Apostle Paul, as we read in chapter 3, has these words to say, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also Must forgive. And I want us to have uh, uh, some six very brief thoughts. This is not an expository sermon tonight, it's some thoughts from Scripture, thinking about how God has forgiven us and what He's done, and the implications of that for us as Christians. First, uh, the writing gets smaller. I must have words with the pastor about size fonts to you. <laughs> <laughs> we all we, we know all of these these things that God has done. They're not new to us. God God initiates forgiveness, doesn't he? We, we read that in chapter 2, verse three, 13, well, while um, we were still sinners and still dead in our sins. And
1: God forgave us.
0: God took those steps to bring about our forgiveness by uh, sending the Lord Jesus. God made that conscious decision to do that. God's forgiveness is just pure grace. Richard was reminding us this morning, Jesus took that decision to heal the leper. Well, God the Father took that decision in eternity to forgive us our sins. So God initiates the forgiveness. And the implication for us, well... The implication for us is that our first thoughts and decision uh, when we are wrong should be to forgive. If someone wrongs us, it's uh, we ought to have that forgiving heart. Whether it's those who have wronged us in the past, those who are presently wronging us and now. It's a conscious act and we have to decide to do it. But sadly, even as God's saved people, forgiving others doesn't come very naturally as it should. And then, God forgives all my sins, all your sins. God forgave us all our sins and made us alive in Christ, says Paul in Colossians 2.13. And all my sin and all your sin of every kind has been forgiven because of Jesus God is faithful and just. We love those words simply from 1 John. God is faithful and just uh, and he cleanses us from all sin, all unrighteousness. But we have a tendency to characterise sin. No, we we put it into the minor, the middling, the major characteristic uh, of sin. But God doesn't do that. Sin is sin as far as God is concerned and he forgives all. But the implication for us, well we should not categorise others' wrongs against us. You know, if someone wrongs us, it's not a question, well, that was only a minor matter, I'll, I'll let that go, I'll forgive that. Or, I won't forgive that, that really was too much. I'll never forgive him and her for that. We need to remember, don't we, that the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18 where Jesus speaks about the uh, the servant who comes to to the king, he's, he's given forgiven that massive, massive debt, only to go away and not forgive the person who owes him uh, such a little sum. Our debt of wrong before God is incomparable to any debt that others might have, uh, insofar as wronging us is concerned. So we won't categorize categorize others' wrongs against us. And then thirdly, and so lovely, isn't it, that God's forgiveness is unending. Our, our God is long-suffering, He's patient, compassionate and forgiving. And if we confess, he will forgive. Those are the lovely characteristics that Paul spoke about it was at uh, verse 12 of chapter 3, that we're to put on as God's chosen ones, compassion and kindness and patience and bearing with each other. Well, they're, they're God's characteristics really we're being urged to put on. And God will go on forgiving us uh, daily, and it's going to be so until we're finally taken to glory and be with him. God's forgiveness of our sin is unending in this life. And what a a joy that is to us. But the implication for us, well, I will not count how many times I've forgiven someone. I need to be forgiven. have that same unending attitude of forgiveness to others uh, that the Lord Jesus Jesus and the Heavenly Father has for me and, and for you. Jesus, mentions in Luke chapter 17 he charges the disciples with this, that if a brother sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times and says I repent you must forgive him well seven times, so that's a bit rich, seven times in one day but I wonder do you ever stop and I ask myself this question, do I ever stop and think about how many times in the day have I sinned against my Heavenly Father in thought or word or deed? Perhaps Peter
1: had that in mind when he asked Jesus how many times he should forgive his brother. He actually says, you know, it's as many as seven. And seven crops up again. And we know
0: Jesus' response to that the 70 times seven. Go on forgiving, 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 just as I go on forgiving and forgiving you fourthly God does not remember my sins God does not remember your sins when the writer to Hebrews writes about Jesus being that better covenant in chapter 8 of Hebrews he writes these words for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more and elsewhere in the Scripture we have that same uh, refrain back in the Prophet Jeremiah and other places. God says, that you will remember their sins, remember our sins no more. Forgive and forget, we say, don't we? Well, that is actually what God does with regard to your sin and my sin. And the implication for us, if we want to be forgiving, as God the Father has forgiven us, well, it is I won't think about that incident, that issue... That has come between uh, a brother and a sister, and myself or yourself. I won't think about that incident anymore. But how readily do we fuel our minds with unkind thoughts, hatred, because we we can't, we, we don't even try to drive the wrongs that others have done us out of our minds. It is easier said than done, but with God's help, you can. As God treated you, he said, I will remember your sins no more. We need to do the same. We need to not think about the wrongs others have done to us. What else does God do in forgiving us? He casts our sins out of sight. The psalmist expresses that in Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, So far does he remove our transgressions from us. Out of sight, out of mind. God no longer sees all those wrongs that we've done. They're not even on his horizon. And what isn't there can't be brought before us as a charge against us anymore. They are cast far, far away beyond sight. Implications for us? I will not bring this incident up again and use it against you. No, we don't just need to not remember it. We've got to stop, as it were, reliving it again and again in our minds. um, We've just got to drive it away from us. it's, It's as though sometimes we can't drop an issue that we have with someone else or they have with us, isn't it? particularly if there's a visual trigger to it. But we need to say this to ourselves. I will not bring this incident up against you. It's not only not remembered, it's out of my mind, it's out of vision. And then finally, God has said that he does not keep a record of our sins. The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 130, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. God does not keep a record of our sins. God has said he's blotted out our sins for his own name's sake. And the implication for us, if we want to be forgiving as we have been forgiven, well, we won't allow the wrong, the issue that stands between us and a brother or sister to hinder that relationship. Anymore. I've already mentioned in verse 12 of Colossians 3 those lovely characteristics that Paul urges the believers to put on. He's been writing about what we should be putting off uh, as we seek to live as a new men, new men and women in Christ,
1: put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience.
0: Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, and so you also must forgive. But then he goes on to say this Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Paul writes about Love in Corinthians, doesn't it? First Corinthians, the fact that it's not resentful, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. But it just made me think about that. How is it that we can so readily forgive our children their wrongdoings or when they're disobedient? Well, surely it's because we, we dearly love our children, um, don't we?
1: And that's our relationship with God. That's your
0: and my relationship with God. We are loved. We're his chosen ones. We're his children. Paul says that in some of his letters. He talks about the believers being dearly loved. And likewise, we must love dearly if we want to progress in our readiness to forgive others. I think concluding... Let us note this. we need to know this that, that forgiveness isn't and can't be complete unless it's received. Our forgiveness before God is only complete when we have acknowledged our sin and repented before him and received the forgiveness that's ours um, that God offers. And whilst we might offer forgiveness to others, It's not completed unless the wrong they have done us is acknowledged and they receive our forgiveness. Or equally, our forgiveness by others isn't complete until we acknowledge our wrongdoing to them and we have repented of that and received their forgiveness. We need to remember all that God has done for us in Christ. Remember just how we have been forgiven, and so we must also forgive. May God help us to understand more and more the wonder of his forgiveness, and to forgive others as he has forgiven us.